UAB MedCast is an ongoing medical education podcast. The UAB Division of Continuing Education designates that each episode of this enduring material is worth a maximum of 0.25 AMA PRA Category 1 credit. To collect credit, please visit uabmedicine.org medcast and complete the episode's post-test. Welcome to UAB MedCast, a continuing education podcast for medical professionals, bringing knowledge to your world. Here's Melanie Cole. Abdominoplasty is one of the most commonly performed aesthetic procedures and has undergone a significant evolution over the past several decades. My guest is Dr. Brad Denny. He's an assistant professor and double board certified plastic surgeon at UAB Medicine. Dr. Denny, pleasure to have you with us as always. Tell us a little bit about tummy tucks and liposuction, abdominoplasty. What's different now? What are you doing different than maybe 20 years ago? First of all, I think it's important to know who to consider for a tummy tuck. And that's one thing. A tummy, people will hear the terms tummy tuck and abdominoplasty, and they're basically one and the same. Someone who may benefit from a tummy tuck or abdominoplasty is someone who's had children and um, they want some improvement in their abdominal contour and in the in the aesthetics of their abdomen. Because very commonly, after pregnancy, uh, ladies develop what's in the medical terminology is rectus diastasis, or that's where the the six pack the six pack muscles widen because the baby pushes on the stomach, and then after the baby's born things don't come back together the way they were before pregnancy. So a tummy tuck or an abdominoplasty takes care of actually three things. It takes care of any excess fat deposits, and we do that by liposuction. It takes care of the rectus diastasis because we will suture those uh, abdominal muscles back together. And then it takes care of any excess skin that may have occurred from that um, uh, from this phenomenon, and we do that by excising the excess skin. So altogether, that results in an improvement of the abdominal contour and the abdominal aesthetics. Now, the trade-off for that is, of course, we have to do a scar, and the scar is typically placed where the bikini line is. So we put it, we try to put it low enough where the scar is not noticeable, say, in a bikini. Uh, in terms of how we have done things differently and how advances that we've made, um, we used to not do this procedure combined with liposuction. However, now it is very common to combine a tummy tuck or an abdominoplasty with liposuction because that allows us to uh, taper or feather down the local fat deposits that are seen on the flanks and therefore improving uh, the aesthetics of the abdominal silhouette. So do you feel that doing both together is going to give you the patient, give the patient the best results? How do you determine whether to do them both or just one or the other? Most of the time we do liposuction and an abdominoplasty at the same time. However, there are some patients who may not need the liposuction. The liposuction just treats those focal excess fat areas, particularly in the flanks, and it can be used to decrease the thickness of the layer of skin and fat of the abdominal wall. 
there are some patients who don't need this, who, who don't need the liposuction because, quite frankly, they may not have a, a lot of fat to liposuction, but they may have the rectus diastasis that I mentioned as a result of pregnancy. In that case, those patients often need what is referred to in kind of the general public as a, a mini or a mini tummy tuck or a mini abdominoplasty. That is where the um, incision within the bikini line is much shorter than the traditional abdominoplasty. And the abdominal skin and fat is elevated off of the rectus muscles. The rectus diastasis is corrected by suture repair. And then any excess skin, which is usually minimal, is removed. Um, and in that situation, because the patient does not have excess local fat deposits, liposuction is not ne necessary. Dr. Denny, is this an option for obese patients or previous bariatric patients? And can a high body mass index cause complications you might not otherwise see? That is a great question. I think that is important for everyone, patients, to know that tummy tucks and abdominoplasties and liposuction, these are not weight loss procedures. Weight loss procedures are gastric bypasses. Tummy tucks, liposuction, these body contouring procedures are exactly that. They are body contouring procedures. They are not weight loss procedures. And in fact, in order to be a good candidate for these procedures, you need to be at your ideal body weight or have a body or have a BMI less than 35. That is for several reasons. Number one, if you are at your ideal body weight or if your BMI is less than 35, you will have a better aesthetic result following liposuction or uh, an abdominoplasty. Number two, complications following surgery are much less when you are at your ideal body weight or if you have a BMI um, of less than 35. A high BMI correlates with a higher risk of complications. And these complications can be anything from a um, DVT or pulmonary embolism uh, to uh, wound dehiscence and problems with wound healing. Um, DVT and pulmonary embolism is a, uh, something very important to consider with this operation because we are um, tightening the abdominal muscles, we are increasing the pressure uh, on venous blood flow return to uh, the heart. This can result in, um, uh, it, this puts the patient at higher risk for blood clots uh, or DVTs, which could eventually become pulmonary embolism in which their most um, well, worst case scenario can be fatal. So on all our patients, we um, risk stratify them for that risk, and if they are at a high enough risk based upon something what's called the Caprini score, then we will actually keep them on um, Lovenox um, injectables at home for up to a month after surgery. So achieving an um, ideal BMI or ideal uh, weight prior to these operations is very important. In terms of massive weight loss patients, um, these patients are absolutely candidates for and abdominoplasty. The difference being is um, uh, several. One, not only do we want them to be at their ideal body weight or BMI less than 35, but we also want them to be at least um, 12 to 18 months out from their gastric bypass 
which usually correlates to having their weight stable for six months. The reason being is if they're still actively losing weight and we put them through surgery, they're at a higher risk for wound healing complications. The other reason being is they get a better result aesthetically once they are at their stable weight. The uh, major difference in an abdominoplasty in someone who's had massive weight loss versus someone who has not is the the incision may tend to be longer or larger because we have to excise a larger amount of skin due to the excess skin that develops with massive weight loss. Thank you so much for that answer. What a comprehensive answer that was. Tell us a little bit about some of your outcomes and what can a patient or referring physician expect postoperatively? Outcomes are excellent. Uh, Abdominoplasty has one of the highest uh, patient satisfaction scores of plastic surgery. Um, In terms of return to work, not off work, something that's hard for some patients is a lot of these patients have just finished completing the, you know, having children. And that's one thing we, patients are, if they want to have a tummy tuck, they need to, that they should do so knowing that they're done having children because we don't want to tighten the, uh, the abdominal muscles and they decide to have another children. It makes, it makes undergoing pregnancy more difficult. But, um, uh, after surgery, I tell patients to take, um, two weeks off of work. They can't lift anything more than five pounds for four to six weeks. They'll also be kind of hunched over when they're walking for about a week or so because we've um, uh, tightened uh, the skin at the bikini line, so it's going to be a little tight there. But eventually, after about a week or so, they're they're walking upright again. And in terms of um, referral to our team, we have clinics at the Kirkham Clinic and at uh, our Mountain Brook office as well. And those can be generated through 871-4440 or 205-801-8500. Do you have some final thoughts which you'd like other providers to know about when it's important to refer if they have patients that are questioning? Having abdominoplasty, questions about it, what would you like them to know? I think the best timing to refer a patient would be uh, if, uh, in terms of massive weight loss if the patient has had their weight stabilized for more than six months, and if their BMI is less than 35. And for those who are not massive weight loss patients, but those patients who are who have completed childbirth and they express interest in obtaining a more aesthetic abdomen and improving their uh, abdominal contour, uh, then I think that would be the best time for, for referral. Thank you so much, Dr. Denny, for joining us. And a community physician can refer a patient to UAB Medicine by calling the MIST line at 1-800-UAB-MIST. That was another episode of UAB MedCast. For more information on resources available at UAB Medicine, please visit our website at uabmedicine.org physician. Until next time, this is Melanie Cole.